is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves, as always, at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark? You can join us online as well at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. And this is the show about your calls, so we'll roll right into them. Let's talk to Matt in Illinois on the Amplifier line. Hey, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Um, a couple of weeks ago, you guys had a guy on the show named Sergeant Ryan. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was a caller. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he intimated that we as... Good Americans should not question our government and should support them regardless of whether they're making bad decisions or good decisions. He did say um, essentially we should support the government whether it has uh, makes bad decisions or good decisions. Yeah, it was the most mind-boggling position that I think one of the most mind-boggling positions I've heard a caller ever take on this show. And, and I, I, I had to ask for clarification to make sure that he meant what he said, that I, you know, as a, to, to make sure I understood him right, that... Could you be serious? And re- really, you really <laughs> want to support the government when it screws up? Which, of course, is all the time. But yes, that's what he—he he, I was absolutely in favor of that concept. And he seemed, like I said, he seemed to be in favor of, or like you said, he seemed to be in favor of it. And it got me to wondering. I, I got a little scared because this is a man who carries around uh, quite a bit of armament, I imagine, and. I was wondering how far he would go with that, and if, if ordered to, and if somebody made the decision for him to do this, would he fire upon peaceful protesters in this country? It's an excellent question. Obviously, Sergeant Ryan is not here. Um, maybe he's listening. If so, he's certainly invited to uh, to call in and answer that at 800-259-9231. But... We do. We have had cases where um, during the uh, Katrina floods in New Orleans, when they were uh, collecting all the weapons uh, from people, that uh, they had some National Guard guys there that were armed, um, because you know there was bad guys running around with guns as well as good people who had guns right. who were protecting their homes, and um, the, the 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 National Guardsmen were like, well, I couldn't imagine the day that I'd be firing on American citizens, but it looks like it's here. Yeah. They were, uh, he, was, he was ready to shoot people. They were pretty much accepting their lot, and that was that they'd been ordered and, to shoot if necessary. And they were collecting guns so from law-abiding citizens, because it's not easy to get the guns from the outlaws. They're running around and hiding and all that other stuff. It's right. the good people that are sitting in their homes with their guns, protecting their homes that they were taking the weapons from. Well, you know, just think about it. I mean... It, it, it wouldn't be too difficult to get these soldiers to participate in something like that. They're used to following orders. They're um, that's something that they that's their job. Uh, they follow the orders they're given, and there's little to no actual penalty for um, messing up. You know, if they shoot the wrong person or if they shoot the right person, they're following their so-called lawful orders. Whether you and I would agree that it's lawful or not is a whole other story, but they think that it is. And uh, we know that from the from the cases of all the police officers that have, have shot and killed or tased and killed a variety of citizens, that there's usually very rarely punishment in those cases. I think that the, the likelihood of punishment to, uh, to arise in a military case of uh, similar circumstances is very... Um, very unlikely that anybody would see any uh, punishment for that. So I think that I think the answer would be yes. But again, I can't speak for the man; he's not here. But what do you think? Well, yeah, I, I would point to Kent State when you right. know, back in the '60s when that happened. 
But I was wondering about him being ordered to fire upon peaceful protesters who are obviously being peaceful, much like they were at Kent State. And um, I just wanted to know what his what his answer would be, because to me that's very, very scary. Fair, fair enough. Very, and scary stuff. Matt, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Would U.S. troops fire on nonviolent protesters in America? Some would, some wouldn't, right? I, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, some would probably have no compunctions about it. They'd be I would getting... hope their commanders um, would know enough to, to stop you know, um, the execution of an order like that. But when you line guys up with guns and then uh, you know protesters do what protesters do, so perhaps throw a bottle or something like that, that couldn't be good. Well, you know, let's look at the, what the police have done. Um, because in the situation that Matt's describing, the military would have to be utilized as a police force. And currently in America, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, there was this old 19, excuse me, 1800s law called Posse Comitatus. Right. That was passed uh, late 1800s that basically forbade the U.S. military from being used for policing purposes. Right. Uh, the, you know, the purpose of the military was to be used for either defensive purposes or, um, you know, military-related purposes, not police, not right. arrests. Our not militaries um, to conquer other militaries and other countries, that kind of thing. Our police are to conquer us. So, <laughs> so. You know, let's look at what the police do, and then you can you can find story after story where okay, the police aren't using bullets, but or, or bullets with lead in them, but uh, they are using rubber bullets. They are using gas canisters. Um, they are they're more than happy to lob. I mean, we had a story a couple weeks ago about the police. I think it was in Maryland that lobbed 85 gas canisters into a man's house. Um, because he was in there allegedly being suicidal and didn't want to come out and talk to the police. So they lobbed in gas canisters. He came, ended up coming outside, and they shot him with a sniper rifle. Uh, so, And I guess that was a real bullet, and he wasn't threatening anybody. Then there's story after story of the police. Um, well, he was threatening because he came out. Uh, they had driven in a tank at that point um, to take care of a suicidal guy. Um, it was totally nuts what the, the cops And he doing. came outside with a long gun, was what the uh, article described. So That's they shot true. him. But it doesn't change the fact that this guy was suicidal but hadn't threatened suicide. He just said, I can't take it anymore kind of thing. Right. And uh, his girlfriend called the police, and the police you know, lined up 80 deep outside of his house. Come on, put your hands up, doing that kind of thing. And... Uh, you know, it escalated the situation. The police escalated it because it wouldn't have nothing. Nothing would have happened if they hadn't. Well, it's shown hard up. to say what would have happened. Well, he might have killed himself, but you know, and he ended up dead. Uh, but, they made sure of it. But what about protests? What about the uh, the L.A. protests from last month, where the cops came into a park with, I think, sixty or seventy cops in riot gear, making themselves look anonymous, no name tags. You know, the big scary stormtrooper helmets on and uh, just storming into a park with rubber bullet firing weaponry just letting loose letting loose against the news media letting loose against random family members that happened anybody, to come out yeah. for a protest it was anybody who was there it was completely nonviolent the cops of course end up claiming that uh, oh someone threw a bottle at us and so therefore we need to shoot everyone in sight if they don't move when we order them to move 
And so they're shooting people with rubber well, they bullets. they got plenty of people in the back that were clearly moving. Right. People getting uh, welts, huge welts on the back from these very, very large uh, rubber bullets that were hitting them. Then there was a story out of Miami from a couple of years ago. Uh, a woman was, a businesswoman was in Miami dur- just to do her, her regular business. She was a lawyer, in fact. And she noticed that there was a, a protest going on nearby, and she decided that she would get involved because she had seen some things by the cops that she didn't necessarily like. And so she was taking the protesters' side on this. And again, nonviolent protest. She was uh, the police started to advance on this particular crowd of protesters once again, firing their rubber bullets into the crowd. And this woman, dressed as a businesswoman in a red business suit, I don't. I think you've seen the video, mm-hmm. Mark. She was just standing there holding a sign. Well, she was a lawyer. She was a lawyer. Right. She hadn't even planned on going to the protest. She just happened to get involved. And she was just standing there holding a sign as the police just barraged her with rubber bullets. And she was crouched down at one point, just Mm -hmm. crouched down, sort of holding the sign up in front of her to to block the bullets from coming at her. Because these things hurt, man. And they, as she was sort of holding the sign on the ground, one of the bullets went like right through the top of the sign and hit her in the forehead. Mm-hmm. And that would have been bad enough, and it was. It was awful, awful video footage to see. It was very uncomfortable to watch. It would have been bad enough and that been it. But then video comes out later of the cops after the fact. Having a little meeting. And, yeah. And, and the, the chief cop guy that's, uh, you know... Uh, what do they call that? Uh, Sergeant or whatever. Talking to them about it afterwards. Uh, it's like, good job shooting that lady in the head. They laughed <laughs> about it. Yeah, they, they were chuckling and then laughing and, and making fun of her. And that was their attitude about this. It wasn't just guys doing a job. It was guys kind of getting off on it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's live Saturday show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. And that does include updates. You just get signed up and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbit approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to Joe in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Joe. What's going on, guys? What's happening? Not much. Just listening to you talking about the police state and our, uh, you know, our policemen maybe or our army turning against us. Um, I recall a dissenting speech from Cynthia McKinney, Representative Cynthia McKinney, a uh, former congressman, mm-hmm. congresswoman. Uh, she had a very, very long uh, diatribe about the uh, usurpation of our laws, and um, and that was a really good one. I recommend anyone just go Google that. It's Cynthia McKinney about the, the uh, Defense Authorization Act 2007. 
Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I hadn't gotten to that yet, and I wanted to yeah. touch on that because the original question from uh, Matt in Illinois was, well, what would the what would military members do if they were involved in some sort of policing operation here yeah. in America and they were ordered to fire upon, say, um, a group of nonviolent protesters? And I, I think th- your answer is accurate. I think your answer is accurate. Where some would. Some wouldn't. It just depends how educated they are, I think, mm. uh, into freedom and everything like that. But you know, a lot of the military members, this is what worries me, is um, we recruit these guys out of high school. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, the, generally the people that are going to be out there are going to be privates and corporals. Not very old people at, at, at all. Um, they're going to be under 20. And they're, they're just trained to follow orders. They're not trained mm-hmm. to think about it in a constitutional fashion. They're not um, no. trained to think about it at all. They're, they're supposed to uphold to the Constitution. But they yeah. don't learn about the Constitution, so yeah, it's a, it's a tricky situation. <laughs> Joe, any final but, thoughts? Uh, the last point I wanted to just bring up, if you don't mind, it's about uh, Ron Paul mentioning something of the same thing in his latest speech, or one of the latest speeches he said in the House on the 22nd, okay. uh, in regards to in the name of patriotism. And it's a very, very, uh, it's a five-page, I think, or six-page document, but there's a very nice section in there where he happens to mention um, the Defense Authorization Act that you're about to. Hmm. Um, it's really, really uh, interesting. Very good. Thank you for the clue. Yeah. And, Joe, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Right, I wanted to get to the point about the Defense Authorization Act because, again, Matt's um, hypothetical question from earlier about, well, do you think that military members would fire on, on the American people if given the order to do so by their superiors? Some would, some wouldn't. For certainly a fair enough answer. But... Will they be given that opportunity is the ultimate question, right? I mean, because it's just theoretical up until the point where they're actually utilized in a situation where that could become a reality. And right now, it doesn't feel like that could become a reality. However, we're not very far away from that. In fact, we're just basically the order of the president away from it. There's no more posse comitatus to prevent it from happening. I think posse comitatus still exists. I don't think it's been officially repealed, but it's been essentially overturned Mm -hmm. um, by the Defense Authorization Act of 2007. It was a law that was passed last year that, in tandem with the Military Commissions Act, sort of really gives the federal government a whole lot more, uh, uh, especially the executive branch, a whole lot more power. In this particular case, it authorizes the president to utilize the military for at-home policing purposes. So, really... We are just, again, his executive order away from having the U.S. military being utilized as a policing force. Now, I know to some of the law and order types out there, that sounds good. Yeah, we need more we need more uh, police on the streets, and we can't hire them normally, so we need to get them from the military, and, that, and that's a good idea. So I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, they get all excited about that. It's about time we use these troops for what they're supposed to be, and that's keeping us safe. I think with it, well, that attitude. You know, um, Benjamin Franklin said about safety that uh, you know anyone who would trade uh, a little bit of liberty or trade their liberty for a little bit of safety deserves neither liberty and, nor safety. And will get neither, I believe, was the uh, additional portion. Well, it's, if it's not the additional portion, it certainly is true. Yeah. Um, you know, governments have a tendency to grow to get more invasive. Um, you know, one way they grow and get more invasive is additional taxes. They hire more bureaucrats. They need more money. They tax the people more. And the other way they grow and get invasive is they become more totalitarian. They mm-hmm. accept fewer and fewer um, people stepping out of the lines, people drawing outside of the lines. And that's what America's about. America's about having the freedom to do what you want. We've already been put into so-called free speech zones. 
You try to get yeah. near the um, president when he goes and appears somewhere? Sorry, if you're a protester, you need to be in this particular little cordoned-off area and a half towns, a mile away from the actual location. And most towns want you to get a uh, permit to protest. Right. Um, you know, and the First Amendment doesn't sound anything like that. It says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or the prohibition of uh, the free speech or of free exercise thereof. Uh, prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or the uh, let's see, the abridging the freedom of speech or the press, the right of the people to peaceably assemble. Oh, and they haven't abridged the it. Government they... for redress of grievances. Oh, they haven't abridged it, Mark. They've just moved it over into a special zone. That's yep. what they've done. Probably Congress hasn't made the 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 law. It's just the rules that the uh, Secret Service have put in place. So it's kind of spooky to me that uh, we're right here on the cusp of what is essentially a, like a military police state in America. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there listening saying, oh, you wacky libertarians, you guys are so crazy. None of this stuff's ever going to happen. I'm just going to plug my ears and I'm just going to pretend like nothing's going on. Well, those people, those people are, the, are the respectables. And I understand. They're, in their lives, they don't. Um, come across the police or some law enforcement officer very mm. often, and when they do, they do what they're told to get through it. But um, now, what would it take to get to uh, to get a respectable out of a protest? I mean, think about the TSA. Isn't that just the same as uh, somebody standing at the uh, you know airport going papers, papers, please mm. show me your papers? I mean, does the guy have to does the guy have to have a German accent <laughs> in order for it to be a police state? Right. That's a great question. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe we want to hear from you about how you feel about this, the the direction this country is going, because it's irrefutable that it is going down a road towards a, kind of a scary totalitarian police state. Can you refute that? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. In the meantime, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Ladies first. It's Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Paula, Hi, what's hon. up? Hi, hon. I just Hi. want to call and let you know that uh, I've already asked the representative to get rid of this Military Commission Act. Yeah. And I've asked him also for no immigration bill, period. I told him to tell GW, stuff it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, my cousin... You Jim know, I actually heard George W. Bush say the first thing that I, that I completely agreed with the other day. They played a clip from him on the news. It was in regards to immigration. And mm -hmm. he, uh, to paraphrase what he said... He was talking about the idea of throwing 10 million or 20 million people out of the country, and he said it's just impossible. That was very the, the first honest thing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely right. It absolutely yeah. is an impossible task. Yeah. But very good, well, Paula. I mean, keep up well, the good work. Call well, your it, representatives well, anyway, and see if it I makes a difference. Anyway, I talked to Jim last night, okay, about yeah. the meeting that Ron Paul and them had in Kansas City, and he said it went real good. Excellent. Congratulations. I don't even know what meeting you're talking about. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Calling your reps, is it worth anything? With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is a live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free. The wiki's there. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. It is essentially the listener-editable version of our website. See what I mean? Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest, happening June 18th through the 24th. That is in a matter of days. At Porkfest... You'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own, socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We're going to be there. In fact, a week from now, we're going to be broadcasting live from Porkfest. So that's kind of exciting. Let's go to the phones and talk to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. Hey, guys. What's up? You just answered my question. I wanted to ask you what you folks are doing, whether you were going to do the show from the Porcupine Freedom Festival in Gunstock. Yes. Uh, I understand you got some new listeners down there in Massachusetts. I escaped Massachusetts. Uh, there's people that call us mass holes. Uh, all of you listeners down there, come on up and visit us and uh, prove that you're not mass holes. You're freedom lovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all have your freedom issues. And we can cooperate on all our freedom issues, and we can get stuff done here in New Hampshire yep. because we're holding the line here. That's right. The country's going crazy. Uh, I was going to ask Ian here, uh, you know, what their intention was. I know that you, you guys, Ian and Mark, are going to the pork fest. Uh, I hope to see Julia as well. Oh, she'll, uh, she'll be, be there for sure. She's got she's got uh, the day off. All the folks from out in Keene. All the folks from Manchester and Concord and all around the state. All around the country. And people are going to be here from... the country and the world. Yep. There's people coming from every direction. And this thing's going to last all week long. Uh, traditionally, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is an uh, independent group, not, not affiliated with the, uh, with the Free State Project, but closely associated... Uh, they have their banquet or dinner or whatever you call it. Usually mm-hmm. they do that during the week. They're doing it on Sunday night. Oh, wow. Hey, activists, guess what? You don't have to be political. I got my first gig as a photographer. I was asked to go there. And, Ian, guess what? Hmm. I think that you're the man that asked me maybe three years ago to use some of my winter scenes on your on your uh, front page. Oh, yeah, yeah, those were your you know, pictures. Yeah, those are great pictures. It's a hobby that I took up when I came to New Hampshire, and it's a hobby, and it's promoting New Hampshire and the, the beauty and the love of this land. It, it yeah. is so fantastic. People have to come here and see it. You know, I mentioned I, the uh, the bus tours, and I shouldn't have because they're sold out at this point, so if you want to tour the state, you're going to have to do it on heck, your own. Heck, you can go just just take a nice little ride around. Yep. You know, hang I'm around the, the bus. Hang around Gunstock. That'll be so fine, and that's in the Lakes region. You know, I which, wish, John. Which is really nice because it's, it borders. And, folks, if you ever look at a map when you come over on the Kangamangas Highway, which is not very far from there, to me, that's what's heaven on earth. Before I ever moved to New Hampshire, uh, Kangamangas Highway, absolutely fantastic. The that's plume, where all the leaf there's, peepers there's, go. There's all this stuff. Neat. Very cool, John. We're looking forward to seeing you this weekend, and thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231. You know, I wish that we could spend the whole week up there. I I really do. Um, It's just that there's just so much going on with the show and business, and you've got to do sales, and I've got to get more stations on board. Mm -hmm. We just don't have time. We don't have the leisure to, uh, to take an entire week off. But, man, if you do... 
there's a lot going on. There are things things happening during the week, more sort of event style activities. Like uh, there's a, I know there's a sort of some sort of competitive shooting competition. There's going to be inevitably the mountain hike of some sort. Uh, there's a variety of different things, and the whole list is there at porkfest.com. But if you can't make it during the week, the real action starts on Saturday. Um, that's when there are a lot of sort of panel discussions, presentations, that sort of thing. And I, I, I dig that sort of uh, that sort of activity, so I'm definitely going to be there for that. And we'll be, we'll be there bright and early on uh, on Saturday, hopefully. Maybe no later than noon. <laughs> it's well, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a drive. Yeah, exactly. So, um, looking forward to seeing you there. And let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I was just thinking uh, what could be a uh, an entertaining thing at Porcupine Fest, and that is if you can find a TV station, if you can get your hands on the uh, archive that they've got from a news conference that I held in the legislative office building in Concord, on 3 January of 2001, when, uh, you know, started out like a, a news conference where I was explaining some of these postings that uh, people were talking about on the Internet, and it started rather uh, to look more like the Jerry Springer program after a little bit. Uh, I was answering the stupid questions from the reporters and, uh, you know, fielding these questions, like, do you think your views are in line with the views of your constituents? Uh, like all of my constituents are going to have the same view. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, and uh, uh, state representatives posing questions and asking why I don't apologize uh, and uh, asking stupid questions like, how can it be unconstitutional when the United States Supreme Court has upheld it? What are you, you referring know? to, Tom? A news conference when I was... No, when you a, say a, the unconstitutional it, what is the it that you're referring to? Uh, the drug control statute. I, I don't recall exactly which unconstitutional thing that I was referring to, but, you know, I, I, basically I was on the spot all, all by myself up there at the podium uh, trying to explain all this stuff to people who refused to change their totally wrong opinions and who were getting furious with me that I would not uh, worship flags, badges, benches, and law books with them. Another thing I wanted to point out, though, I mean, if you can get the the footage of that and play it at Porkfest, I'm sure it would entertain quite a lot of people. They would be as good for laughing. If it's your footage, you should do that on your own, Tom. I I doubt anyone else is going to bother with that. But uh, the other thing I want to point out is a year ago today, I took a spin up to Concord and filed as a Republican candidate for state senator. Mm -hmm. And the Republican Party big shots hit the ceiling. Oh, no, he's the only one who's running. He's the only one on the ballot. We've got to recruit somebody to run against him quick. Mm. Who are we going to get? How much time have we got? Too late, because I filed just before the deadline. (laughs) (laughs) And they well, they recruited a school board member, Dennis Hogan, to run against me for state senator. Okay. And I got clobbered in the primary, mind you, uh, more than six to one with write-in votes. But it was lots of fun. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to run for state representative, though, I'd have yes. to tell you. Run for state representative losing is fun, says Tom. <laughs> Mark's going to do that, as a matter of fact. I am. Uh, what, did you, what was your advice for that? Okay, well, uh, one misstep I did in 1990, I should have told the Democratic Party uh, coordinator in Nashua that I was going to be running. And, see, if they're recruiting candidates and 
then they get a call that, hi, I'm going to be running. Then they say, oh, goody, oh, goody, I filled the slate. The state party is going to be so proud of me because they filled the slate. Mm -hmm. Without that call, they keep calling and recruiting, or the incumbents are asked to stay on for another Uh, I see. So you call the recruiter, and then they stop recruiting for that particular district. Yeah, because otherwise they keep recruiting until they fill the slate, plus you, and that would be terrible because that means the voters would have a choice about whether to make you their nominee, and we must not let that happen. Excellent suggestion, Tom. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So did you get that, Mark? So when you're running uh, for a state representative here, you call the – I presume you're going to run as a Republican. You'll call the Republican little – recruiter person and uh, let them know God, don't worry position's been filled you don't have to find anybody else to, uh, to run in the primary well i don't think that it's going to be a big deal running um as a representative in uh, westmoreland where there's 1700 people <laughs> very good hey uh, so we were talking earlier about and i guess everybody's really excited about the pork fest two calls in a row about pork fest pretty cool so we're going to be there looking forward to seeing you there as well porkfest.com uh, but back to the uh, the police state situation, as uh, we continue to get story after story about how the police are just out of control. There's a story out of Milwaukee now about cruising. Now, Mark, did you ever cruise as a young person? Drive around and talk to girls and stuff? I guess that's what it is, right? And maybe play your music a little loud, something like that? Yes, I did. It wasn't a big practice in my town, but I'd gone to other towns where it was. Is that a, is that a crime? Is that a, a problem? It's is, annoying. Is, why is it annoying? Because kids, uh, you know, the the, the, the the road gets blocked with kids all night long. Hmm, well, apparently there's been a cruising crackdown in Milwaukee, and we'll tell you about it. There's been hundreds of people that have gotten in trouble. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, all the features for free. And we do ask you voluntarily support the show, maybe by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as have done hundreds of our listeners. You just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn more about the program. And if you've ever been to any of those other talk show host websites, you know they charge you for accessing their sites. Yeah, you can get a little for free, but they, they really want to get six, six, seven bucks out of you per month uh, in order to get their archives or whatever other special features they have. We do it all for free. And then we ask that if you like the show, then pony up a few bucks. And it's a simple concept, and really, it's it's more interesting than the rest of those shows. Because when you give money to those other shows, it just goes into their general fund, and they pay out all their people with that. We don't get paid from this. This goes right back into the show. It gets reinvested. The purpose is to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, to get Free Talk Live on as many radio stations as we possibly can get it on and get more Internet listeners on board, too. So if you go to amp.freetalklive.com, you'll learn more about the program. You'll learn about the perks you get, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum and chat room and more. Um, And you'll learn how we're spending the money, like buying half-page ads in Talkers Magazine, going to industry conventions, and a variety of other things. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, I never, I don't think I've ever done this as a teenager. Uh, Cruising is what it's called. And apparently it's the cool thing, or at least some sort of a cool thing for some kids to do. According to Wikipedia, it is a social activity among youths in many North American towns that primarily consists of driving a car around looking for friends. For teenagers, cruising is often an expression of the newfound freedom that a driver's license bestows. What distinguishes cruising from regular driving is that the object is not to go anywhere in particular, but 
simply to be seen by one's peers. Usually there is a popular route called a strip along which most cruisers will drive. As such, cruise nights can end up with cars full of young people driving slowly, bumper to bumper, through town. So, you had said that this is a bit of an inconvenience, and I could see that if people are indeed bumper to bumper backing up traffic, then there's there's a traffic violation there. That is, you know, holding up the flow of traffic, right? There's, there's some sort of a law that says that you must go a certain minimum speed um, on on the road, and so that's sensible. You know, people got to get from point A to point B. They can't have a bunch of kids in their way just sitting in the middle of the road. But I really wonder, when it comes to cruising, if that's always what happens. I mean, is it possible to cruise without being bumper-to-bumper in, in traffic and this sort of thing? Um, well, you would be going slowly because the idea is to see and um, see people and be seen mm-hmm. by people to, uh, you know, shout at girls out the window and, uh, you know, park your car. Get your car seen. It's uh, generally a good way for guys that do things to their cars to get them seen. That kind of thing. So, How slow, though, are we talking about? Like five miles an hour? Like that. I mean, not in every case, but yeah. And then there'll be uh, instances where somebody decides to light up their tires and, um, you know, show off and, and that kind of thing. It's cruising. It, it's a bad thing. Well, I figure as long as there's a lane open and the traffic isn't too heavy, then I don't see what the issue is. I mean, if it's the middle of rush hour and you've you've got traffic backed up, then it's clearly an, an impediment to traffic. It's clearly something that's putting people in some sort of harm's way or danger. And in that case, I think it should be it should be handled. But it seems like um, it seems like in the case of the Milwaukee Police Department, I think they went a little far. Okay, well let's hear. Let, let's see what you think about this. Dozens of people went home without their cars over the weekend oh as Milwaukee police cracked down on cruising. The warm weather broke out. Warm weekend weather broke uh, brought people out in droves. Milwaukee police said cruising is out of control and puts other drivers in danger. Information provided by the Milwaukee Police Department offered the following numbers: 33 vehicles were towed, four guns were recovered, 96 state charges, 194 city charges were issued, 86 persons were arrested, 658 traffic citations were issued, 71 municipal warrants served, 61 state warrants served, 132 people engaging in cruising activity who were wanted by the police, and 34 loud music citations. A city ordinance allows police to seize the radio from a vehicle following two convictions for loud music. Police Chief Nan Hegarty and other uh, city leaders gathered Monday at the corner of uh, some street to address the issue. They hope to send a message to cruisers that they will pay the price. Quote, we will use every legal means that we have to stop these activities from occurring, Hegarty said. Officers said they hope the crackdown on cruising will help uh, help cut down on other crimes in the city. Well, I don't think they should be taking anyone's car away for cruising. If if it's a moving violation, a ticket should handle that, Mm -hmm. and um, a person will get points on their license. They'll have to deal with the insurance company. That you know, there's all kinds of problems with cruising. I think there should be a warning for cruising before you hand out a ticket. Um, If somebody's uh, cruised more than once in the past six months, then a ticket should be handed out. This was a a nice little funding fundraising expedition for the cops. Six hundred and fifty-eight traffic citations. It's a lot. This was over a weekend. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, it, it's Milwaukee, right? Yeah. There's a lot of kids in Milwaukee. I, I understand that, but that's like every single kid driving in Milwaukee, apparently. That's a lot of people. I just feel like, you know, kids, they want to go and they want to get in their cars and they want to drive around. They want to be seen. So what? 
as long as they aren't actually impeding the flow of traffic. And I find it hard to believe that 658 people were impeding the flow of traffic over that particular weekend. Maybe I just don't know enough about cruising. I would say that, that's, uh, that you don't know what cruising's like. Just imagine the uh, downtown street in whatever town you're in, mm-hmm. jammed full of cars that to the point that you can't move. You can't get around. You can't go anywhere more than five miles an hour if you're lucky. And those cars are full of kids who are standing around or talking or mm-hmm. hanging out their windows and, uh, you know, generally uh, yucking it up with each other, which is fine. I think they should be able to do such a thing. But can't we park the car and go to the park? Does it does it tend to happen at night more yes. often the cruising in the evenings? All right. Probably clears up around uh, midnight one o'clock. And do they actually coordinate the cruising to where they they all call one another and say let's go out cruising so we can no, jam it happens the streets every night. up? It happens every night of the um, you know it happens every Friday and Saturday night. Does it only happen in big cities? Because I mean I've no. driven around on Fridays it, and Saturday nights before. In... Some towns it doesn't happen and it's just a phenomenon. I see. Huh. Well, if you know about cruising, I'd love to hear a little bit more about it at 800-259-9231. Is it as dangerous as the police are suggesting? I mean, they're not. at least they're not going 100 miles an hour, right? At least they're not speeding around. It doesn't seem to be as dangerous if they're going well, slow. When you have a bunch of uh, teenagers around, dangerous things can happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, some kids Well, if guns, you don't want teenagers kids. around, then don't, don't give them driver's licenses, if that's what the issue is. But as long as... Teens are going to be free to drive around. Shouldn't they be free to drive slowly as long as they aren't impeding the flow of traffic? I don't see what the issue is. And we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. And you know what the real, the real side effect of this is? Is it just 658 traffic citations? There's going to be a lot of people that are pretty angry at the police for this, right? A lot of teenagers are going to be very, very upset at the fact that they were pulled over and harassed by the cops. And this sort of activity on the part of the police does not go towards engendering uh, some level of respect for the police. It doesn't go towards helping kids understand that the police could actually be a good thing in some instances. Kids hate the cops. They hate the cops. Some do. Right. They hate the cops because cops are arresting their friends on the weekends for apparently cruising. 86 people arrested in Milwaukee over this particular weekend. Almost 700 traffic citations issued. They're harassing their friends for cruising, which is apparently a completely nonviolent activity. There's not actually anyone being physically harmed here. And then they're arresting their friends at uh, at high school and college parties for underage drinking so-called violations. And then they're arresting their friends for marijuana possession. And really, it it really just seems like the cops are out to get them. And I don't blame kids for hating the police in these instances. Well, it would seem to me that uh, if, a, if a town wants to solve a cruising problem, that there's likely to be a parking lot somewhere where a business owner won't mind kids cruising in his parking lot. Whether it's the mall, whether it's uh, a parking lot somewhere, I don't know, some vacant, large vacant parking lot somewhere. And the police can say, hey, look, no cruising here. If you want to hang out with your cars, you've got to go to the mall and hang out or whatever. Hmm. I don't know, but it would seem like... You could solve this problem, which kids want to show off their cars. They want to talk to other kids, um, which makes perfectly good sense. Let's go to the phones to Larry, I believe, in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Larry. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm listening to you talk about cruising. You know, there's a lot of different kind of cruising. You go cruise the Orlane. You go cruise uh, kids when they're in high school. You know, after a football game, if you win, you cruise the uh, restaurants and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's just that law enforcement is getting more and more desperate to stigmatize 
and catalog and criminalize every child that they can at an early age so that the system can start pumping him. Yep. Like yep. you said, they tuck the, the cars from these kids. They'll probably have to go through a lot of stuff to get those back if they do because they're going to say that they're engaged in criminal activity. Right, and how are they going to be feeling about the cops after having been ticketed for doing nothing more than hanging out on the street? Well, they're going to be hating them. But the thing about it is, earlier you were talking about the uh, president already has an executive order to... Uh, these troops to work when they come back from the war in our city here of Indianapolis. Uh, our policemen have been working without a contract for the last 12 years. Larry, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Hour two's on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are completely free there. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls. No, we're not. They both dropped off. Okay, then. So, Okay, so let's move on then and talk about the exploitation of children. From lourockwell.com, the man behind the the, uh, website, Lou Rockwell himself, writing about advertising and kids. Apparently, there are some changes that are going to be happening in the world of children's advertising. And as you might imagine, it ain't all strictly voluntary as far as what these companies are going to do. As he says, there are precious few things that unite adults today. Topics that can serve as table talk for us all. But a particularly joyful one concerns the advertising campaigns of our youth. We remember soap ads, candy ads, toothpaste ads, toy ads, and of course, uh, breakfast food ads. The breakfast ads were particularly delightful because they were directed at us kids, and they spoke to us in ways our teachers and pastors did not. These ads came on during kid show time. They took us and our tastes seriously. It was part of growing up, and I've never known anyone to remember those days in any way but fondly. I mean, everybody from from every generation has their particular like their cereal icons that they grew up with, whether it be the Lucky Charms guy or the Tricks Rabbit or Mark, uh, I don't Boo-berry. know. Booberry. Booberry. He was bigger back when you were a kid. Um, so, I mean, each generation has their icons, mm-hmm. right? Well, thanks to a conspiracy of health Nazis, and this is a particularly apt phrase since the Nazis were pioneers in the art of badgering people over health issues, public interest law firms and government officials, the days of kid-directed advertising for many products is coming to an end. To those who see conspiracy in every commercial, ads directed towards kids are seen as exploitative and evil, child abuse at the hands of the merchant class. And you thought they were only trying to sell you a delicious breakfast. Kellogg's has announced that it is caving into pressure, and the company will end its children's ads for all products that don't meet special nutritional guidelines. Even more egregiously, it will stop branding toys and licensing characters for spin-offs, No more creating cult figures out of Snap, Crackle, Pop, and the like. So instead of Tony the Tiger, kids can now look forward to ads for muesli and dried bananas, touted by some tree hugger in a bike helmet. (laughs) Grape nuts. Well, do you remember the grape nuts ads? Those were always aimed at adults. 
Yeah, very, very, very vaguely. I mean, I know they were out there, and they certainly didn't have an icon for grape nuts. No. So, uh, so let me tell you, says Lou, kids aren't stupid. These days, they're particularly sophisticated about recognizing ads for bogus health food as versus what they really want. Such changes are invariably described as voluntary, even by the company that wants to be seen as health conscious. And if they truly were voluntary, then who could object? If the market has changed, then companies must change with it. That's the specialty of business enterprise. But the fact is that most of these shifts are not voluntary. They're forced by the government, albeit through the intermediary of the courts and special interest groups who use the courts to shape society to their liking. You see, what happened was that Kellogg and Viacom were threatened with lawsuits by the Center for Science in the Public Interest, which is, is by the way... <laughs> hmm? What is that? You never heard of them? Is that a uh, government organization, or uh, is it just some b- group of do-gooders? I don't know if they accept government money. I presume that if they could get it, they would take it, because they are a bunch of busybodies that whenever you have a story about food and, and the ingredients therein and, and public health, these guys usually chime in for some new government regulation. They are government lackeys. They love the government. They think the government is the key to making everybody healthy. That's their attitude. And they, they put out a newsletter. My mother used to subscribe to it. Anyway, uh, these guys, the CSPI, Center for Science in the Public Interest, and a ghastly outfit called the Campaign for Commercial Free Childhood. Essentially, the company didn't want to face a continued PR meltdown, massive attorney's fees, and a possible court loss in light of ridiculous statutes and precedents, so it caved in. And this is only the latest sellout to the government. McDonald's, General Mills, and Kraft have all agreed to adhere to some sort of federally approved health standard in their advertising. So what else does this childhood campaign group want? According to their, websi- uh, according to their website, they support, quote, the rights of children to grow up and the rights of parents to raise them without being undermined by rampant consumerism. Well, if parents don't want their kids to be undermined by rampant consumerism, then they shouldn't let their kids watch Saturday morning television. But what about the children? What about the parents that don't care? Well, lots of children grew up on this planet without Saturday morning cartoons. Your kids will grow up fine without them if you're very, very concerned about them eating sugary cereals that only have nine essential vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. But what about the kids that, that you know, we've got to take care of them, Mark. You, you have to understand. But, but, no, it's not. We have parents, to take care of the kids. Parents have the to parents take care of The parents are dropping the ball, and we need to pick up the ball and make sure their kids cannot see oh, these animated cartoon parents characters. Parents are raising their kids the same way that these people from the Center for Science and Justice, or whatever the heck they're talking about here... That's right. Commercials are evil. ...want their kids raised. Commercials are evil, and these uh, these animated characters... Commercials are directing their children... ...for the Saturday morning cartoons that the children want to watch. That's why kids don't get up the rest of the week. You have to drag them out of bed to go mm. to school. But on Saturday morning, they're up at 6.30 a.m. Well, sitting we in front need of the these, TV. The, the, the cartoons, we need those to go away, too, because they're just, they're just awful. Then, they, well, then encouraging. that's what we should... Product placement. And that's what these people should be doing. They should be just coming out against Saturday morning cartoons, and people would see them for the crackpots they are. So, again, what do they want? Well, it turns out they're against pretty much any capitalist act. Uh, for example, the group is now railing against Coca-Cola because of a special promotion that will put codes for free ringtones and other neat things inside Sprite bottle tops. So you buy a Sprite, and you text the code from your cell phone, and you might get something fun. Sounds great, right? No, no, according to the group, this is thoroughly evil. Why is that bad? 
Well, it's consumerism. See, the what um, is consumerism? Well, uh, this is there is a large group of people that are anti-consumerism. They uh, they don't like the idea that people are defining themselves through their purchases of products. Uh huh. They believe that uh, the products. I, I don't. I can't How really describe. How should people define themselves? <sighs> that would be a good question for an anti-consumerist because I I don't see what the problem is. I mean. There are so many different products out there. Each individual can purchase different products and and have uh, different preferences and and things that they they like to collect and purchase and and put in their bodies. And what's wrong with all that? What's wrong with people buying things? These anti-consumerist people really um they they just don't like brand names. These are the types of people that will cleanse their products. Have you heard about this? It's yes. where they take, um, they'll put a label over top of something so you can't see the name brand of the product. They'll right. they'll uh, rub off the names if they can. They'll rub, you know, they they, they sanitize them as they call it. That's so the they would drink it. a bottle of water and then, uh, you know, get rid of the Zephyr Hills label. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly right. As though. You know, Zephyr Hills or whatever. I, I, you probably should use one of the... Dan Zai, isn't that uh, Pepsi or Coke? Yeah, it's Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is mm-hmm. one of their waters. Um, as though that's a terrible thing. I don't know. I mean, is it bad that I have uh, Ectolon on the side of my racquetball uh, bag? Yes. Any name branding is uh, is bad in these people's world. But what if I have Ectolon on the racket? They, they would like you to remove that if possible. But Why? Well, because you're advertising for the company, and uh, that's But what evil. if I'm proud that my racquetball racket's an Ectolon? Well, you're just a you're just a despicable consumerist, apparently. Okay. These are these are commies, Mark. I mean, they, that's who these people are. Uh, you see, this is only one of a million evil acts by egregious corporate offenders, according to their amazing new moral code, which says that anything marketed to children is an offense against all decency. And children, in this case, aren't three to five years old, but teens and even college kids. When are you old enough to handle a marketing campaign? When and where is it truly okay to say to someone, you will like my product? We can't but have a deep suspicion that it's not the corporate world that's using kids, but rather these groups that are putting children up front as archetypes in an overall anti-capitalist campaign against any and all of commercial society. In other words, precisely who is exploiting kids here? After all, the only true way to protect kids against ads is to ban them altogether. Our grocery stores should apparently look like they did in the old Soviet Union with brown boxes called names like soap and cereal and uh, like a repo re- man. I, I, you're probably too young to remember these, but the old generic brand uh, products, there was, yeah. there was a, a, a whole row in the grocery store that was everything. It was from, you know, cereal, and that's all it said, or light beer, and it was just a white can yeah. with black printing on it. Yes. Very interesting stuff, and not good. That's they're awful. That's what these people want. They don't want commercials. They don't want competition. And I'll try to get you a, a definition written by the anti-consumerists themselves here in a few moments. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Perhaps there's someone out there who considers themselves an anti-consumerist, and you want to uh, give us your own definition for what that's all about, because I pulled up one from Wikipedia. We'll get into that in moments. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are totally free, so uh, enjoy those on us, including archives. An entire year's worth of the show, right there, front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Go get them for free at freetalklive.com. 
Com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you've a, if you've a business, there's a one in three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to Sissy in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hey, Sissy. Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Well. I, I just really called you guys to vent. I don't know if you remember my name, but I do call often, and I love you guys, and I love the fact that there is a forum to be free. But I just think that a lot of people don't realize that with freedom comes also respect and rules. Okay. And you have to respect those who, who, who made those rules and that there are ways to get those things changed. And when you, talk, when you came up with the anti-consumerists, they're free to be in America to... Ravage against what gave. Oh, golly, I can't even get it out right now because I'm yes. usually very eloquent. Take, but, a, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they are free to live in America, and this goes for a lot of groups, not only the anti consumers. They are free to live in America to, to partake of the privileges of being able to try to indoctrinate other people to their way of thought. Sure, now, absolutely. That's an oxymoron that I said, but they are free to live in America to do so, but then absolutely. they get pissed off when we don't. But I am free not to. So then where is the respect? Well, they're, you're right. They don't. They mad. don't respect you. Um, these people. They want to pass laws to control you. They don't think, uh, sissy, that you can control yourself. They think that you are right. a subject to advertising. They think that you're just a sucker. That you're going to see an ad and you're going to go right out and do whatever that advertisement says because you can't think for yourself. That's sort of the attitude of these people. Is that well, <laughs> we are sort of we are better than the rest of you. We're above all this advertising. But the rest of you American people, you can't handle yourselves. You can make your own decisions. You're just you're just peons. You right, need I'm legislation. You, I'm glad you said American people because point number one, uh, they are probably eating Jiffy peanut butter without anybody knowing or warning anybody or letting anybody know that they eat Jiffy peanut butter. So well, there's a reason that Jiffy peanut butter is more popular than the store brands. It tastes right, because better. it tastes good. Right. Yeah. yeah. And reason number two, I'm a Peter Pan guy personally. Yeah, I can't get enough of uh, some guy dressed up like a girl flipping flipping around the place. That they're they're showing America, but and the world—they're not only showing that we have enough showing of disdain in America and separatism in America around the world that we don't need something as petty as this being shown as well, because that only shows those who want to destroy us that we are more untogether and unjailed as usual. And here's yet another area where they can come in and break us apart because it is not divided. We well, stand. here's the irony, though, Sissy. You talk about um, coming together, breaking apart. These people, they believe that by ending advertising and by ending brand name products and all of the wonderful things that we have in the marketplace, by ending all of that and going to the whatever one-size-fits-all commie world that they want to go to, that that'll bring us all together if we don't all have differing brands of clothing and differing brands of favorite cereals and differing brands of cars, then we'll all be more like each other, and that'll bring us all together. That's their attitude. Right, and I can't wait to become a part of a polygamous cult uh, that dictates what I wear, what I see, what I do, and I'm only a mere woman. And I said all of that because I am trying to get people's ire up because those are the other different things that people just want us, realms that people want us to fall into. No, we are free to be free. 
That's but the way yes, it ought to be. there are rules. So respect my individuality and my independence. Thank you, Sissy. Great call. Appreciate Thanks. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. How could you not respect a woman like that? Uh, that's awesome. Can't wait to get involved in the polygamous cult, she said. Uh, so back to the uh, the definition of anti-consumerism. This from Wikipedia. Anti-consumerism is the rejection of consumerism. It's similar but not identical to anti-corporate activism. Consumerism is a term used to describe the effects of the market economy on the individual. See, as though the individual is just this sort of pliable tool that the marketplace is using to extract funds to support their evil corporations. Right, because I saw a Saab ad today on the television. I'm going to run right out and buy a Saab. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. Apparently, they think that that uh, people do these things, that they are so easily influenced, they're so weak-minded, that well, they can't decide for themselves. It is true that in, in the advertising industry, you want to get people sort of in that, uh, uh, you know, for a lot of products as far as branding, you decided what brand of cola you liked. Well, in your case, you just drink water. But um, the, pe- the people listening decided what brand of cola they preferred between the ages of 12 and 17. Okay. They drink either Pepsi or Coke or Royal, Royal Crown or whatever it is that they drink, and they decided that in that age group. So if you can get them in that imprinting stage, that that one thing that happens that makes them drink that soda, well, that's very valuable. Dr. Pepper worked on me. Somehow or another, they managed to catch me young at the right time, and bam, I drink Dr. Pepper. What about Mr. Pibb? I actually prefer Mr. Pibb, but they've... Uh, it's just it's just not as available as Dr Pepper is. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's no doubt. Now they call that, it Pib Extra. I, I'm not trying to um, fly in the face of the concept of advertising here. I'm not saying that people aren't subject to influence, but the the anti-consumerist crowd almost makes it sound like you are completely a slave to the advertising. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that even though you might have chosen Dr. Pepper as a young person, when you become an adult, you might notice that there's a store brand nearby um, it, it, within the vicinity of the Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. section. In the, Dr. Of the, uh, Thunder. Dr. Thunder with the Kmart brand, or I think Sam's Club is like Dr. somebody or other. <laughs> there's always a doctor, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they pretty much they taste the same. I mean, they've reverse engineered the formula, they've recreated it, and they put their own private label on it, and it costs a fraction of the of the price. And so, I mean, how do you explain that? How do you explain people buying products that weren't even advertised? Because store brands don't have ads well, to they back make them up. Des- they're just making a consumer decision there in the grocery store. Right. Oh, well, now you're saying that consumers can make decisions, and it seems right. like the attitude at least I get from these people, and I'd love to hear from an anti-consumerist, someone who des- describes themselves in that way. Maybe someone who's a sanitizer, someone that wipes name brands off of products, cuts labels off because they don't want to help advertise the company's products. There can't that be very purchasing. many of these people. They're, they're, they're out there, though. That has to be an extraordinarily... Uh, vocal minority. Well, we've got a lot of radio stations on board, so there's a chance that somebody is listening who considers themselves an anti-consumerist or a sanitizer. Anyway, continuing the uh, Wikipedia definition, it's come to uh, consumer has come to be a derogatory term within selling companies and debt management consultants. It implies the mindless purchasing and disposing of any product delivered through the market. Concern over the treatment of consumers has spawned much activism, as well as the incorporation of consumer education into school curricula. Anti-consumerist activism often has parallels with environmental activism and anti-globalization, and sometimes animal rights activism. And that's because Don't the pinko commies. Right. That's because the people behind this movement are a bunch of socialists. 
1-800-259-9231. They want one-size-fits-all products manufactured by the government. They don't want shiny labels. They don't want competition. I don't want any product manufactured More on the, the way. Government. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com is the place to go. All of the features there are totally free, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer very little. The Prometheus Institute at readpi.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington. Not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all the other flatwater political think tanks, visit readpi.com. That's readpi.com. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Continuing to discuss this silly silliness of uh, sanitization of products by these anti-consumerists. And actually, I haven't gotten any of them to call in. Would love to hear from you. Please explain yourself. Please explain. These people are extraordinarily rare and probably I, don't listen to uh, talk radio. I just want to understand uh, what this is all about. Now, I can read off of the Wikipedia site and use that because obviously they're on the, the Wikipedia page editing it um, and this probably is a fairly accurate reflection of, of what they believe but I really would let, rather hear from a real life so-called anti-consumerist it is somebody who is just upset with the idea of the marketplace coming up with a variety of neat interesting products with brand names and flashy packaging and beautiful logos and uh, and, and uh, characters, animated characters to sell things to kids. There are a variety of different things they can be upset about. But generally, the concept appears to be that they just don't like... They feel like people are just suckers. That people are uh, completely suckered in by advertising, and they'll do whatever the advertisements say, and they're upset that uh, that people are identifying themselves with the products that they purchase. Well, what about people that uh, make purchase choices based on name brands. Um, for instance, uh, you know, I know that uh, Sennheiser headphones are just going to be simply better than the the cheap costs that I get at uh, KOSS mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big K or whatever. Um, you know, they've got a name brand. They're going to cost significantly more, probably a hundred times more, if not 50. Um, but y- you know what you're getting when you buy a Sennheiser, a set of Sennheiser headphones. You're getting quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these guys are just, they're just, uh, I don't know where to start with all this because there's so much just go- gobbledygook on this uh, Wikipedia page. It says here, overcoming consumerism is a growing philosophy. It's a term that embodies the active resistance to consumerism. It's being used by many universities as a term for course material and as an introduction to the study of marketing from a non-traditional approach. 
So leave it to the universities to, uh, you know, propagate this uh, insane idea that we should have companies just go away and that uh, all products should be manufactured by the government. It should all just be the same size, same quantity, same types of products, all one size fits all. So we can all be alike. So that way, you know, and, and, you know, I can see where they're coming from, for instance, when it comes to sort of the elitist mentality that some people have with their products, like... The parents that have to go out and buy $400 clothing for their little kids so they can have the latest, hottest brand name. Right, especially toddlers that uh, are too young to give a darn. Right, so there's you know there's a little bit of insanity out there over um, products. Sure, and there's all kinds of insanity over all kinds of products, but so what? People are making, um, are working for their money, they're working hard, and they're spending their money on what they want to spend it on. Yeah. So it just Let doesn't em. matter. Let them. If you've got a problem, but with that's what the—that's the problem that these, uh, you know, real far left socialist wackos have. They don't want you to work for your money because, well, you have to work too hard. We should have mandatory two month a year va- vacation, ten hour work weeks. Yeah, you know those kind of that kind of nonsense. And, and the government should just give you its the, the money that you need, and you'll work because you know that it's right to work, and you'll <laughs> do what you enjoy. And and that's not what motivates people to work. No. I come to work, well, I'd probably do this job for free because I've done it for free in the past. But I've gone to work in the past because I get paid to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. 1-800-259-9231. Let's see, it says here that an extreme view is that overconsumption threatens emotional destabilization of the global population. What the hell is that? And that behavior... Overconsumption... <laughs> Hold on. Let's go, let's go over that gobbledygook. That, that mindless blather. Overconsumption, overconsumption. threatens emotion, much stuff. emotional destabilization of the global population. Hold it. Does that mean that the global population is emotionally destabled and we don't want... Or emotionally unstable and we don't want to... I think to, it threatens to, to destabilize. destabilize it? It's threatening to destabilize the emotions. It's threatening to destabilize. But it doesn't say that. Because you get so destabilized when you buy products. I think that they're... Apparently, think, uh, rampant consumerism is threatening their ability to, to write. I think that they're also upset by the idea that, you know, no one's ever really satisfied with uh, the stuff they have in life, right? You, you buy something new, you buy the, the latest and the greatest piece of equipment, and inevitably it's surpassed by something newer and greater down the line. So in, inevitably you want to get rid of the old piece of equipment and move up. Right, the and, person uh, that, uh, you know, got rid of their Lockheed G4 to get a Lockheed G5. You know, it's because of that attitude, because of that never-satisfied attitude that we have advancement, in my opinion. Look at... uh yeah, I mean, if you were if you were to adopt this anti-consumerist attitude and say, well, you should just be satisfied with what you have, well, then we would all be sitting here watching VHS tapes. Because DVD... If we got to, if we got to see recorded stuff at all. Right, well, exactly. Let's just presume that the anti-consumerism craze caught on in the 80s after VHS was discovered. And then everybody decided, no, no more of this buying the latest and greatest in technology. Let's just stick with what we've got. This is good enough. And so then we'd keep all our VHS decks and we'd never get to experience DVD. And we would never get to experience HD DVD or Blu-ray, some of the newer high-definition technologies that are coming out. Because DVD was twice as good as VHS as far as the picture quality was concerned. Maybe even a little bit better than twice as good. And then uh, HD DVD is better than twice as, uh, as good as DVD. These are advancements. These, but, but, of course, this requires that the video files out there, the people that are really into movies and collecting them, as I once was... Uh, that they go out and they update all their collection. 
which means that they've bought all their favorite movies on VHS. They had to sell those and buy them all over again on DVD, then sell those and buy them all over again on HD DVD. This sort of process infuriates an anti-consumerist. It inf- they feel as though the people that are doing these things are being taken advantage of by the companies in this particular case. As though they're mindless zombies and simply have to do what the advertisement says. They don't. I don't. In fact, you know, in a world of watch advertisements, I don't wear one. Mm. As a matter of fact, watches have pretty much died out, but that sure didn't stop the tag hewers of the world or whatever they are, uh, the movados of advertising in all the magazines. But watches are pretty much a thing of the past. People don't wear them like they used to. You know, my favorite thing uh, when I see these socialists out there railing against the free marketplace, railing against companies that create wonderful products and services for us to consume, uh, when, I, when I see them out there doing their, spreading their message, I always find it amusing that if it weren't for the marketplace and all the wonderful products and services it offers, these anti-consumerist people wouldn't be able to spread their message as they are today. What, what would you do if the, you know, there was no internet, for instance, for them to have their little websites on? How would they go and record their little protests if they didn't have a Canon or JVC or Sony brand video camera? Uh, how would they do their uh, video editing were it not for consumer level editing software that uh, is now available for a fraction of the cost that it, that it used to be available. I mean, the, all of these things that they do in their so-called activism are backed up by products and services provided by companies. So, I mean, they, they're just full. These people are just full of contradictions. And, and no, you don't defeat consumerism by rubbing the Sony brand name off of your camcorder. You don't defeat the company in that particular case. They already have your money. Okay, so yeah, there might be somebody that'll walk by and they'll notice, you know, they won't be able to see the brand name on your camcorder, and as though that'll have a real effect on what camcorder they go out and buy next. And I suppose you could refuse to tell them what company's camcorder you're using. Hey, what's that? What's that you're using to record today? Oh, I can't tell you. I'm an anti-consumerist. Well, is it a good camera? Yeah, it's great. We really love it. It uh, helps us get our propaganda out on the internet. Well, what what company made it? Uh, I can't tell you that. I mean, it's just nuts. These people are crazy. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. If you're an anti-consumerist, we want to hear from you. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. For the live Saturday edition of the program, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show. And one of the ways you can do that sort of, well, it's sort of ancillary. Really, this is nothing more than a shameless plug for my auction. It's a personal auction. <laughs> Amazon.freetalklive.com. Excuse me, not Amazon. Auction.freetalklive.com is where you want to go if you want to place a bid on my Transformers collection. You know, Transformers, the action, live action movies about to come out in a matter of days. That's, of course, going to be huge. There are going to be millions of Americans going to be very excited about going to see that. I, myself, very excited. But I figured this would be a perfect time to sell off my old Transformers collection. I've got 89 Transformers and uh, all kinds of other neat things like the 1984 Transformers Lunchbox, the adventure game, a DVD of Transformers the movie, the animated version. And uh, that's all going up. It's on auction right now. In fact, I, th- I believe the auction ends sometime tomorrow. So if you're interested in placing your bid, I think it's over $400 right now. 
for this. These are Generation 1 originals. No reissues. None of the, you know, we're reissuing it in the year 2000 stuff. These are the original deals um, from 1984 through 1989. 89 of them. Go and take a look at the pictures and more at auction.freetalklive.com and place your bid. That's auction.freetalklive.com. Talking about these nut nutty people that call themselves anti-consumerists. They don't like products. They don't like um, companies. They don't like the fact that you enjoy what the products that you enjoy they think that you shouldn't be able to buy brand name products they think that you shouldn't be out there being so subject to advertising that there shouldn't be any advertising these people are live in a fantasy world and i want to hear what you think about them let's go to the phones you can uh, bring up whatever you want especially if you are a so-called anti-consumerist i really want to hear from you but let's go to bill in indianapolis listening on wxnt hey bill hey i don't think maybe uh, my my reason for calling was for you to tell me am i an anti-consumer maybe i'm not the more i listen to you because I don't um, um, have anything against you buying any product that you want to buy or listening to advertising or whatever. My problem is is now that I've got all my VHS tapes and I've got my VCR, mm-hmm. that they force me, okay, I feel like I don't have any power in the marketplace to dictate. I still want my VHS. I don't want a CD if you want to, or a DVD. If you want that, that's fine, but I want to still get my movies on VHS. Why do you want that? Why do I want it? Yeah. Because that's the way I have it now, and I have a $1,000 or, let's say, a $2,000 inventory of movies, and mm-hmm. I like it just fine, and I want to keep it that way. Well, you I don't want to be your, forced you can, to You can go keep out. your inventory without any problem. You could just get a DVD player also, and then the new movies that may not come out on VHS, I don't know. I, don't, I, okay. I now have yeah, a DVD I don't think player. they're releasing new videos on VHS anymore. I would anymore. think not. Um, but you could get your new movies on DVDs and keep your old ones on VHS and just hook both machines up to the TV. It right. shouldn't no be that difficult. No one's forcing you to, re- to uh, destroy your current collection. You're certainly welcome to keep that. But uh, does that address your objection at all? Well, no, because, see, what's going to happen is they're going to stop making the, VH, uh, the VCR that I can play it on. So when my old VCR breaks, now I'm going to be forced to go into the market and buy this um, DVD, a player eventually. Well, buy, buy three, and somebody will fix it. Somebody out there fixes steam engines right now. Right, and first, You'll be able to get your um, VHS tape. Let's uh, also there. point out that there are millions upon probably billions of VHS decks out there. If yours happens to go under, you can just go to eBay and get another one for pennies on the dollar because You can get an Atari, Atari like 2600 on eBay that works. Most well, that'd people, be wonderful. See. I, I want to keep what I have. See, I drive the same car for 20 years, mm-hmm. okay, and I have no objections if you want to go out and buy the latest hot rod right. or the, you know, you, you, don't, you I don't even have an airbag in my car, and guess what? I don't want one. I want a car with a cassette tape player mm-hmm. or even an 8-track tape player. How's that? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I don't want the, the latest and the greatest. If you want it, I say, God bless you, go out and buy it. I have no objection. I'm never jealous that of would man make goes, you, uh, That would not make you an anti-consumerist, because the anti-consumerists <laughs> want to prevent others from buying products. You're oh. just a codger. You're a Luddite. <laughs> uh, you're somebody that just doesn't like change. You like things the way you like them. They've yeah. always been fine. You don't want to see these new technologies. You're not interested in them. But thankfully, the marketplace isn't like you, Bill. Mm. And uh, the, you know, the marketplace likes new technology and new exciting things. Yeah, they, they go broke if there are people like me, probably. Well, you know I, what? I mean, look at what has happened in the world of DVD. I know you probably aren't paying attention, but, you know, in the early 90s, it would have cost you $1,000 on the cusp of DVD when it was originally being released. Now you can walk into Walmart and buy a DVD player for less than 30 bucks. Oh, it, wonderful. I mean, yeah. they're so affordable, there's really no reason to not get on board with it at this point, because it is, you know, the industry standard. The reason why DVDs are being manufactured as opposed to VHS tapes, beyond the fact that they're an increase in quality 
and you don't have to rewind them, and you know there's all kinds of reasons to to move up. But also they're just cheaper to produce. Um, you don't have moving parts with the D, with the VHS tape. You've got that little part on the top that has to flip up every time you put it yeah, in. But see now, drive. here's more my objection is: as soon as you get all these DVD tapes, or I'm sorry, C, um, like CDs, these these crystals or whatever mm-hmm. you call them, plastic shells, what's going to happen is. Down the road, they're going to make that obsolete that you've got to get a new DVD because your regular DVD will not work in the new players. Well, first of, all, first of all, actually, you're sort of right and sort of wrong at the same time. The down the road is already here. HD DVD is uh, being released as we speak. Blu-ray is the competing format, sort of like there used to be beta versus VHS in the, uh, the early 80s. Now we've got Blu-ray versus HD DVD, so it's happening sort of all over again. But... All of these players are backward compatible. So, yes, you can put your DVDs into these drives. And, yes, they will play your old DVD collection, which is, of course, not possible with VHS. So so new technology is actually allowing for the best of both worlds. So don't be afraid to buy a DVD um, disc because you're telling me it will never be... Obsolete. I'm not saying it'll never be obsolete, but I'm saying that as of right now, with the new technology coming out, they're creating the ability for you to continue playing your DVD collection. Okay, that's great. That's, that's pretty cool, okay. huh? Well, hey, I don't take any more of your time, but Thanks, thank you Bill. very much. Appreciate hearing from you. And, and the marketplace is demanding that. People build up these huge DVD collections. They don't want to get rid of them and, and repurchase them all in, on HD DVD, and they certainly don't want to buy a new player that's going to make their entire collection obsolete. So they've created backwards compatibility. Sony does this with uh, their video game systems. Sony PlayStation 2, I know that has backward compatibility with PlayStation 1. Right. You can pop a PlayStation 1 game in there, and you've got all... What about of, PlayStation 3? Can I believe put- it is backward compatible, but I don't know. I'm not positive on that. I believe it is. Let's go to Marlin in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Marlin. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. What's on your mind? No co-host tonight, huh? Mark is the co-host. Okay. Um, Well, before I get to my topic, uh, Mark, I I watched all of the episodes so far of that uh, uh, show that you do, uh, Keen Keen Weekly Weekly News. News, My... uh, my, Cable access show that I do here in my hometown, just to uh, just so I can have something to comment on the newspaper, a forum that I can vent about the newspaper. Right, and you can watch these for yourself at freekeen.com. They're all posted online. But what about right? And, and my best episode was the one where where Mark went on and on and on about the Sixteenth Amendment and slavery and this and that. And uh, he goes at the very end, pauses for a second just before it ends. He goes, "Oh shoot, it's the 13th. I've got a big kick out of that <laughs> yeah, one." Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? It's all live television. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm about 70 miles from uh, St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm at, and uh, I saw an interesting uh, thing on the news the other day. This neighborhood had put in uh, road humps to keep people from speeding down their neighborhood road. Okay. And uh, the people not from the neighborhood, I guess it was it was a cut through to get to some major thoroughfare or something. Right. Uh, protested by honking going down the road all day oh and my. all night, and the residents got fed up with all the honking and they petitioned to get the road humps then removed. Wow. So, <laughs> just wanted to give y'all that little tidbit of information that and that was in St. Charles, I think, Missouri. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Thank you for the story, Marlon. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I wonder if that was a private neighborhood or not. 
It sounds most like, most of the time roads going through neighborhoods are not private. Right. They're, when you've got a cut through available in a neighborhood, it's probably just a government area. In which case, interesting results, huh? Instead of actually demanding that the police come out and uh, enforce the anti-honking legislation. I don't have a, I don't have a big uh, problem with uh, road humps and speed controls me and those kind of things. I think they're I think they're pretty reasonable, especially if it's a, a private neighborhood. If I mean if it's your private neighborhood, then you should put up whatever traffic control devices you want to. And uh, I certainly understand, especially we got kids around and parents are concerned that, you know, kids are going to get hit by people speeding down the street. So I don't blame them for that. Speaking of uh, kids, got a story for you out of Salt Lake City. A mother is upset after a 14-year-old babysitter engaged in sexual conduct with her 8-year-old boy. Oh, my. Now, here's the interesting twist to the story. The police charged... The eight-year-old. The eight-year-old for what? Well, sexual lewd conduct. With his 14-year-old babysitter? 1-800-259-9231. Give you a little bit of detail on that. Coming up in hour number three, you can take control of the airwaves. I don't even know what you've got to talk about tonight yet, Mark. I I haven't even asked you that. I've got a whole bunch of you. We're doing fine. Something good. I know you mentioned, like, Mexico's looking at legalizing prostitution. That's always a fun story. Maybe we'll get to that. Your calls about whatever you want. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves even in this live Saturday edition, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. So I started uh, to tell you a little bit about a story last hour, in case you're just tuning in, from Salt Lake City KUTV reporting. A mother's upset after a 14-year-old babysitter engaged in sexual conduct with her 8-year-old boy, and the 8-year-old was charged with lewd conduct. That's the most upsetting part of this, as far as, well, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what the most upsetting part of it is, but it's ludicrous that the cops would charge the 8-year-old. You would, Yeah, I think it's pretty damn ludicrous uh, myself. Now, the prosecutors have since dropped the charges against the boy, but the mother's still concerned. I mean, nonetheless, they did charge him, and that uh, inevitably caused some upset. What about the girl? Well, I think she was charged as well. But Is she is remaining charged? Uh, I believe so. This story's more about the 8-year-old than it is about the girl, but... Can you imagine how this might have made this mother feel when she discovered that her eight-year-old was being charged with lewd conduct? Nuts. I mean, you know, it it's just more of this whole men are sexual predators thought process that goes on in this nation. Hmm. You know, there was a time when uh, you would let a teenage boy babysit some kids, your kids. Right. And I think those days are ba- basically gone. Um, if someone would let a teenage boy uh, babysit their kids, it's unlikely that the parents of that uh, teenage boy would let them let him babysit the kids because they'd be afraid that there'd be some kind of accusation, be a molester, or something. right? Well, it's it they it's it's likely, very likely, that nothing would happen. I mean, teenage boys have been babysitting kids for a long time, sure, to earn a couple extra bucks. I mean, mostly girls. They're do more it, likely but... to be gay too. I mean, you know what? Right? I mean, if you're a boy and you're a babysitter, aren't you more likely to be a little fruity? No, you're nuts. No? <laughs> no. It's just, you know, they're, that's a way to earn money. Kids want to earn money. 
Okay. Well, the sexual conduct in this case occurred during a game of truth or dare while the boy was being watched by the babysitter, who's, by the way, a female. Uh, prosecutors say that while the babysitter initiated the contact, the young boy was a willing participant. Uh, the mom said, Michelle Grosbeck, she said, she dared my son to touch her breasts after hiring the teenager to babysit. And this is a bad thing. Why? I don't know. After hiring the teenager to babysit, Grosbeck got the feeling something was wrong. She says, it was just the sense that something wasn't quite right with this 14-year-old girl, she said. She asked her son what had happened, and he just came right out as if nothing was awry and just started talking about what had happened. Grosbeck went to police and child protection workers, and the case went to the district attorney, after which her son, who is eight years old, had been charged with an act of lewdness with a minor. So this is what happens, by the way, when you go to the cops. We've seen so many stories where innocent people have gone to the police thinking that they were going to help them, and then they help them into a jail cell. Or in this case, they help them into uh, lewd conduct charges. Or in the case of the guy we talked about earlier in the show, the the guy that his family called the police to have them check on his welfare because they believed he was suicidal, the cops killed the guy. So, I mean, really, you call the cops, you expect them to help you out with a situation, and then they end up charging your 8-year-old with a crime. Well, the the charges did get dropped. Uh, You know, I'm sure that the family had a rough couple of days, but finally the prosecutor dropped it, and that's a good thing. What what concerns me is, um, well, you know, I don't don't even know what to think. First off, I don't think that it's... uh, I don't think it's as bad for a little boy to get molested as it is a little girl, but it seems unfair to me that they... uh, Why? Well, um, he was a willing participant, right? Well, now, that's not molestation. By definition, molestation is unwanted sexual touching by uh, another person. But an eight-year-old isn't considered, at least as far as the law is concerned, Able to, to, be capable, to be capable of making Neither consent. Neither is a 14-year-old. Well, um, I, don't, I just wonder how a 14-year-old boy in the opposing situation with an eight year, that he was babysitting an eight-year-old girl, played truth or dare, and, mm. you know, what, whatever occurred. Would the how, little girl be charged in that case? I doubt probably very not. seriously that the little girl would be charged, uh, but I think that the boy would probably be spending a long, long time in prison, whereas I think this girl will likely get community control or probation or I'd something I'd have given like her that. a raise, personally. I mean, yeah, hey. Sick. <laughs> Crossbeck, the uh, mother, says that the Salt Lake County District Attorney told both told her both the child and teenager were equal participants. But Ms. Grosbeck didn't believe that. She said, quote, my son is eight. He's a little boy. He doesn't have the ability to participate on the same level as a 14-year-old. And that much is true, for Absolutely sure. Absolutely true. Uh, that 14-year-old has had an extra, you know, eight or nine years on uh, the planet in order to uh, develop and mature and that sort of thing. Obviously, the, there's a big difference there. It, it, it It's likely that he's going to... Uh end up having a, a whole string of very shallow relationships. Uh, he's, he's likely to, uh, you know, be, you know, one of these guys that uh, loves him and leaves him. Because that's As a result sort of, of this? Yeah, that's what happened. As a result of a 14-year-old babysitter having him touch her breasts? I'm, that's going to make him into was, a... Oh, well, I'm an, sorry, you just said touching breasts is all yeah. that went on? That's all that they're revealing in the story, at least. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought there was a bit more going on. I thought, thought it began with the breast touching. I don't know. You would think that if it if it escalated from there, they would have explained that in the story. They were playing truth or dare, and one of the dares was that he touched her, her breasts. I see. Was what that was, and and he was open with his mom about it, as though there was as though it was no big deal. And well, I think that uh, like in that instance, it's probably the 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 big deal that's being made out of it that's really the problem. Yeah, I don't see really what the big deal is personally. I mean. It seems like the young man has a fairly healthy attitude about sex. And the girl asked to have her breasts touched, and he complied, and what's the big deal?
800-259-9231. You know, I'd really love to <coughs> I'd really love to hear from somebody that actually thinks the boy should be charged. I doubt there's anyone listening out there that actually thinks that should be the case, but well, I don't think for this that uh, I, I don't think there's much of anything that went on there. What about a 14 year old? What, what makes the... what makes her breast sexual? I mean, if a uh, a male babysitter asked a little girl to touch his pectoralis, um, mm-hmm. would that have been you know his his chest muscles? Would that have been sexual touching? Well, I think what makes it sexual is that society believes that breasts are sexual. Society's I, I think the biggest, opinion. Is I a... think the biggest problem here was the the uh, big deal that was made out of it. Absolutely. Uh, but I, but I, I'm interested in hearing what you think as far as, you know, should this little girl, this uh, 14-year-old girl, the babysitter in this case, should she be punished? And if so, how? What's the appropriate punishment for her as the instigator of all this? I'm and, interested. And is there anyone that thinks that the 8-year-old should actually have some sort of punishment? I, I, I can't believe there would be someone out there, but obviously the prosecutors thought so. The district attorney brought charges against him. Well, that's really... What sort of... What sort of weirdo do you have to be to think that this eight-year-old could possibly benefit from being charged with a crime over this? I mean, that's just nuts. 800-259-9231. That's all they know how to do to solve problems, though. Charge people with things. Since we're talking sex, let's move to Mexico City. Mark, what's going on there? Hello, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's move to Mexico City. What's going on there? Not mine. Uh, Mexico City pushes for legalization prostitution. Um, the party of the Democratic Revolution, quite a name, the ruling party of Mexico City Federal uh, District, submitted a bill on Tuesday that would make prostitution legal in Mexico City. Juan Bustos, head of the uh, Assembly's Human Rights Commission, brought forward the bill, reports the Los Angeles Chronicle. He defended the proposed legislation by claiming that it is an attempt to control the widespread street prostitution and child sex traffic that already takes place within Mexico City. Mm. An estimated 50,000 sex workers live within the city. He said, although specific numbers are difficult to pinpoint, and I imagine they are, the uh, PDR, that's the Party of Democratic Revolution, argues that prostitution needs legal recognition in order for the government to put safety restrictions into place. According to the Chronicle, the new legislation will allow prostitution in designated areas, at least roughly a thousand feet from schools, parks, churches, apartment complexes. Um, though pimping would remain a crime, it would also require prostitutes to adhere to sexual standards or face punishments similar to those under the current law. The Mexico City government claims that these new measures would tighten up prostitution, thereby improving the living conditions of prostitutes. However, this proposal ignores many of the negative impacts of legalized prostitution. Several other countries. What are the negative inc- impacts of legalized prostitution? Several other countries have either changed their laws to recriminalize prostitution or else seriously considered doing so. They found that legalizing prostitution did not benefit sex workers or improve their standard of living. In Sweden, Absurd. for example, in Sweden, for example, legalized prostitution came hand in hand with a boom in the illegal drug trade. Drug addiction soared until finally the Swedish government was forced to make prostitution illegal once again huh? after 30 years. That doesn't make sense. How is legalizing prostitution going to make drug addiction swell? The hell's... I mean, those aren't even... I mean, yeah, okay, some people probably like to do some drugs and have a prostitute, but not very many. uh, are coke addicts. I don't know. 1-800-259-9231. I want to hear more about the negative effects of legalized prostitution and hear from somebody that thinks the prostitution should remain illegal at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. is the live Saturday 
edition of Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And some of those features include the bulletin board system, about 250,000 posts, 1,500 people interacting, lots of fun stuff to talk about, serious issues as well. You'll find it all, and it's all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Mexico City is, is it Mexico City or the entire country of Mexico? No, no, just, uh, just Mexico City. Mexico City is considering legalizing prostitution, and I think that is a great idea. Now, of course, inevitably they're bringing along a bunch of government requirements uh, with it, so, you know, they'll have to, I don't know, they'll they have to be regulated by some government prostitution regulatory agency. Well, they'll definitely have to have some kind of... Uh, <laughs> Badge, uh, you know, a, a, a license, license. Or so, uh, of some sort that uh, allows them to uh, operate. And it's it's not a perfect. They'll be checked on a pretty regular basis for uh, communicable diseases, which is likely a good thing. But well, uh, that would come out in the marketplace anyway, because that's and it would just be more be effective in the mar- marketplace. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a step in the right direction. It's certainly better to have prostitution legal and regulated than to have it completely exist in the black market. Though some of the opponents are saying that other countries have tried legalizing prostitution and have gone back. And you had just begun to get into some of the details on that, right, Mark? Yes. <clears throat> We have to discourage this prostitution so that more women will not even think about becoming sex workers. The Associated Press quoted Marina... But wait, 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 wait. There are 50,000 of them right now in Mexico City, according to the article. Estimated. Apparently, as far as uh, Mariana Gomez del Campo is concerned, those people are already lost. Head of the National Action in Mexico City, we have to try to recover values. Hugo Vladimir, spokesperson, spokesman for the uh, Mexico City Archdiocese, voiced the Catholic Church's opposition to the new bill. He also indicated that the government appears to be working from a biased agenda. As uh, Reuters Alert, um, AlertNet reports, Vladimir, uh, concerned about the government favors minority groups such as homosexuals and pro-abortion advocates, yet fails to address important issues such as crime and water shortages. The spokesman, well, water shortage is a big deal around the world, I'll tell you. Yeah, I understand. The spokesman stated, we have problems of of drug dealers in front of schools and churches, and they do nothing to stop it. We have problems of family violence and a whole series of truly urgent situations. You can run the drug dealers out from in front of schools. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Then they'll come back, and then the kids will be dealing inside the schools. I mean, whatever. Drugs are... I don't want to even get into the war on drugs. Right. We're talking about prostitution, and obviously they're just trying to distract the issue with their positions on all the other things. Um, Valdemar also disagrees with the bill's description of prostitution as dignified work, uh, reported AlertNet. For the Catholic uh, Church always has condemned prostitution as a grave offense against women. The Church released... An offense against women? Uh, What? How is it that the woman engaging in prostitution is offensing, uh, offending other women by engaging in prostitution? Well, I would think that by making... Who's the victim? I I would think that... uh, by making it legal, they would uh, take the, the exploitation out of it, um, the exploitation yes, by would. the pimps and, and that kind of thing. That's, that's, what, that's where the exploitation comes from, is the fact that it's illegal. Precisely. When you, end, uh, when you make prostitution legal again, 
then it makes it so that the business can be done above board. It takes it out of the black market, and and that means that a, a lot of the violence that comes along with the trade goes away. A lot of these women are beaten by their pimps. In many cases, the, some of the prostitutes are beaten by their johns. It um, doesn't happen that way in uh, Nevada, where it's legal. That's right. I was just talking to a guy... Um, who's in uh, Westin, West Windover, Nevada, and he was talking about the uh, brothels mm-hmm. they have there run by a woman. Um, yep. These people aren't owned. You know, it's it's just a business there. Right, and there's security at the uh, Nevada brothels to where if some John with a sick penchant for violence shows up and tries to start something with one of the girls, there's a bouncer hanging around nearby that's going to take care of that situation right quick. But in the illegal market, in the black market, a sicko that wants to uh, uh, beat a woman or possibly stab her or kill her um, picks her up in his car. She doesn't know him from Adam. They go to some strange hotel room, and, and he, he kills her. Or it can work the other way around, where uh, the prostitute can be running a scam that includes some big bruiser of a guy. They mm-hmm. bring the John, the unwitting John, who just wants to have a little bit of sex, bring him back to a hotel room, and what do you know? There's a... Scary man in the bathroom who's going to beat you senseless and take your wallet, and then they're going to leave you there. I mean, these things happen. This is the reality of the black market world of prostitutes. And to take them out of that black market world means you, lo- means you love women, means that you, you want them to be safe. If you want women to be in danger and you want women to be victimized, then please, leave prostitution illegal. But if you care about women and you want them to be safe in the in the the career that they have chosen, and you can whether you like it or not, women will choose this career. Some will every single year. New women will enter into this business. It is the oldest profession for a reason, because they are in high demand. There are plenty of guys out there willing to pay for these services, and you know by proxy also uh, you know there are gay prostitutes as well out there. But you know there are plenty of Guys out there, a lot of them, a lot of clients, uh, prostitute clients, as I understand it, are older men. You know, guys who might have uh, lost their wives. They, they haven't been able to get, to get back out, and they're not really maybe interested in going out and dating people. But they still have sexual urges, and they, you know, they want to have them satisfied. Those well, guys. I don't are, think you can draw. Um, it's the men that visit prostitutes are of all different. Uh, absolutely. Types. Some of them are looking for a quick fix for sex. Some of them are looking for some sort of kinky thing, some fetish uh, to be uh, explored. And why are we putting people in jail over this? I mean, why is it that someone selling sex for a certain particular market-based price is a criminal, whereas it's okay to go and wine and dine a woman and, you know, give her all sorts of gifts in the hopes that she'll spread her legs for you? I mean, really... I'm not saying that all women are prostitutes, not saying that at all, but really, I mean, it's it's really only a few degrees difference, isn't there? there are, it I'm would talking about on the, the attitude of the guy that's doing the whining and dining, but... I'm talking about the gold-digging women out there, the ones that are looking for stuff, the ones that want nice dinners and nice gifts and things like that before they'll give it up, right? There are plenty of women like that out there. Why is that not illegal? Why is that somehow more legitimate than the woman that just says... Thirty bucks for a BJ. Yeah, and, you know, I've, What's wrong with that? I've heard a, uh, a psychology professor make the statement, although he was uh, not willing to go on the record as having made the statement. Mm-hmm. But that uh, the people that are sort of on the fringe of men- mental illness, um, that if prostitution is legal in a particular city, that you have fewer people living on the streets. And the reason is is that the people that are on the fringe of mental illness can be sort of saved by human contact. That uh, human contact uh, keeps them a little closer to sane. 
at least working level sane. I don't know. Um, that was what the statement that was made by a psychology professor. Um, Wait a minute. To me. Can, can you run that by me again? He said that prostitutes, be, prostitution being illegal helps. No, people? being legal. Oh. If it's legal, then um, you know, guys that are uh, people, I would assume, that are on the fringe of mental illness um, can be, you know, just sort of that human contact uh, now and then keeps them working level. Oh, the guys, sanity. the Johns. I see where you're coming from right. on that. The, the fact that they can go and spend some time with a lady, even though they're paying for it, right, helps keep them a little more sane. Makes sense. There are multiple reasons to make prostitution legal. And no reasons whatsoever to keep it illegal. If you want prostitution to be illegal, you hate women that want to be prostitutes. And you want to throw them in jail cells because you are a sick, controlling freak. 800-259-9231. Let people contract for products and services voluntarily. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves on this, the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And would it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. Never get busted. Dot com as we go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Carl in Canada. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, several things. Um, I I came from the United States to Canada um, because I don't agree with a lot of uh, the U.S. foreign policy and a lot of what's going on in America, the loss of personal freedoms. Okay. How's Canada doing? um, Well, I got detained by immigration authorities. Oh, Um, boy. American or Canadian? Canadian. Okay. Well, what happened... How's that personal freedom doing there? Not very well. It was doing very well until I got detained. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, what happened was I had a criminal charge back in the U- United States back in 1999, which was they withheld adjudication. It wasn't a conviction. I, I work on computers, do uh, computer repairs. I buy used computer parts, and I bought something mm-hmm. that was stolen. I did not know it was stolen. Mm-hmm. And they had that on my record, and the Canadians are using that against me and trying to deport me. Mm. And the, the Immigration Act in Canada, you know, they're deporting people to war-torn countries in Africa, you know, on, based on this Immigration Act. And Well, I don't think they're going to send you back to Africa. They'll probably just put you back in the United States. Well, I don't agree with what happened to me in the miscarriage of justice, and, you know, that's why I left. And well, Canada's been really cracking down recently on people that have criminal histories in the United States. You're not even allowed to visit Canada if you have a criminal history. In fact, um, my girlfriend, Julia, is going to be going up there for a, for a, a show and she's concerned that she might get stopped at the border because of a marijuana conviction. Now, you know, it really is up to the individual bureaucrats to decide whether or not they're going to harass somebody, but it's in the law to where if you've got a conviction, they absolutely can say, sorry, you're not coming in, and turn you right around. But in your case, they actually detained you? Yes, detained me, and I've been locked up for two weeks. I didn't see an attorney. Uh, I had a week to, like... um 
like a couple days ago to see an attorney. How, did you, how did you get out? I mean, why, why are you I'm, calling I'm us? I'm locked up. We have our phones in here. We can call 800 numbers. We have a regular phone and everything. You're calling from the Canadian Detention Center? Yes. Hmm. And what's going to happen here? You're going to get processed and they're going to kick you back in? Is that the, what the plan is? Uh, yes, that's what they're trying to do. And um, I, I don't want to go back to the United States. Well, my, you're going to have to. <laughs> because I mean, this is what's happening around the world, especially in, in Western countries. They're cracking down on freedom. And, uh, I know. It's happening in Canada. It's happening here. They're, they're moving a little slower than we are in Canada, but they're still going in the same direction, still with the surveillance state, still with the snitch society and everything. And, you know, good luck in, in getting out. I, I hope you make it, and I hope everything's okay, but I'm afraid you're going to have to come back here. And thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. What can you do? Well, I, I would... I wouldn't try to escape to another country. I, I'm personally working for freedom here in the United States. Well, it didn't sound like he wanted to work for freedom. It sounded like he just wanted to get out. Yeah. And I understand that. Some people want to run away from the problems that we have here. And really, though, where else are you going to go? I mean, they, yeah, okay, some countries are more economically free than the United States, like Hong Kong. I know it's not really a country, but it is the, the most economically free place in the world. But Hong Kong's got all sorts of personal freedom restrictions. So where do you go? I mean, the ones, you know, it's just uh, one country's worse in some ways, and it's a little better than in others. I think that stand, making a stand for liberty here in America is the most sensible thing to do. If you care about freedom and you care about the direction this country is going in and you're concerned about it, look into the Free State Project. Go to freestateproject.org and learn more about that idea. It's the a simple concept, getting liberty-loving individuals all to move together to the same state to make a stand for freedom. Whether it be from a political basis or a civil disobedience basis, there are different things for you to get in or a, to get active with, and, and we're making a difference. And I don't know what else is going on in this country. I don't think there's much else to be excited about as far as liberty is concerned, with the exception of the Free State Project. Let's continue with the calls and go to a Free State Project member, someone who has made the move as an early mover. It is Puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, guys. Hey, Puke. Uh, I just wanted to comment on that weird article about the 8-year-old. The 8-year-old who was uh, apparently charged with lewd conduct for touching his babysitter's breasts. Now, she asked him to touch her breasts, and then they ended up dropping the charges after uh, finally the, the mom got through to them. But what about it? Right, well... Like, why do they need to press charges? I think the only thing that should have been done is the the mother of the eight-year-old should have taken this babysitter to her parents' house and, you know, told her parents what she did and said, don't ever let your daughter around my kid again, you know, if she thought that badly about it. Yeah. And, and how, do, how does the kid, wasn't the eight-year-old charged with molesting a minor or something? No, it was that? lewd conduct. Lewd conduct. I mean... But <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Old kid, it just blows my mind. It doesn't make any sense. It's I think because he was a male, it somehow is his fault. I think you are um, you're absolutely right in your assessment of what should have happened in that case. So many people are so quick to turn to the government for their solution, and if they would have just had a chat with their uh, with the girl's parents, all of the, everything would have been solved. That would yeah. have been it. But for some reason, you know, the the prosecutors and the courts and police said all. Well, waste their time and or their time and our money yeah you know to prosecute some child and you know will this be on a record somewhere you know i know they're supposed to expunge records and this and that but 
you know, I'm could sure be. It, 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 there are, I know they've been it made some exceptions for sex offenders. So since it could be considered a sex offense, they may not wipe that from her record. She may end up becoming an adult with a uh, a sex offense with a lewd conduct charge on her record. It's certainly a re- a very real possibility. Yeah, I just I just think it's insane. And then on to the uh, the prostitution article you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. I certainly know. Uh, you know, you're talking about how um, someone was in the article was stating that when prostitution becomes legal, it somehow doesn't work out. I guess it was in Sweden. Yeah. Well, they and, claimed um, that they claimed that when the prostitution was made legal, that all of a sudden a bunch of drug addicts sprung out from nowhere. And I don't. I personally, you know, I don't know much about legal prostitution other than Frankfurt, Germany, where I uh, spent a couple weeks in Germany on my way to Afghanistan, and a bunch of us snuck off base and went to the red light district for a little fun before we went to war did you and uh you know i mean the the brothels in this red light district were clean and you know the girls were in there voluntarily there were you know bouncers essentially uh you know and of course uh, around two o'clock you saw a lot of tweakers and such out on the streets but uh i mean it you know i didn't get mugged or anything and uh I don't know how, what how is bad it really was, but it didn't seem... Oh, like guys doing uh, drugs and stuff, you could tell. You could see them out there shaking and... <laughs> mm. My. You know, that's what they look like to me. And um, so I don't... I think, you know, definitely it being legal seems like a much, much better uh, solution than it being illegal. What uh, What did you pay? It, what did you pay for the services over there? 40 euros. 40 euros? Yeah. So what's that, about 60 bucks? Yeah, somewhere around there. And I mean, was that full sex for 40 bucks, for 40 euros? Yes, yes it was. There you and go. So, hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, it, make it legal, and it, it seems like a much better way to do it than making it illegal with the, the higher prices and the possible uh, uh, what do you, disease. Danger, oh, a disease, danger, danger yeah. of uh, being mugged, danger of being arrested. All these are very real uh, realities of the black market, and you're right. Yeah. Ending, ending, pro- ending the uh, Making prostitution legal would solve a lot of problems. Pew- and also, hmm? I think it was a, a tourist trap, too. I saw a lot of uh, American businessmen there. I bet you did. <laughs> you know? Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's the sensible thing to do. It'll allow the police officers of the world to focus on, you know, solving real crimes. If you legalize prostitution, they won't get to spend their time doing vice busts anymore and telling people what, you know, telling people how they should run their lives, giving people lectures. Have you ever seen the episodes of Cops where they do the the undercover stings for prostitutes? No. Inevitably, there's a scene where they, you know, they've got the Johns, they busted them, and the the the, the head cop, the sergeant, gets out in front of these guys, and he, you know, he lectures them. Well, you guys know that there, you could possibly get STDs from this, and the others are going down this sort of list of things that could happen if you... Uh, engage in prostitution. Of course, most of them have direct are directly linked to the fact that prostitution is illegal. But nonetheless, you know, I don't want to be lectured by you. I know what the risks are when I have sex. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Gene, the Christian Anarchist, coming up. In your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show... 
you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can do it in two ways. You can buy some stuff at our Free Talk Live store at store.freetalklive.com. All kinds of Free Talk Live branded merchandise that you will be absolutely proud to wear. This is not crap quality merchandise. We've uh, invested the money to get some good stuff. You'll like it. Store.freetalklive.com. Also, for anything else you might need in life that isn't Free Talk Live merchandise, like, you know, DVDs, books, office products, baby clothes, uh, furniture, electronics... 41 categories to shop in. Amazon.freetalklive.com. You go there, you buy stuff, it's delivered to your door, and you help Free Talk Live out at the same time. Because when you enter Amazon through that link, Amazon.freetalklive.com, we get a percentage of your purchase. You need to do the shopping anyway. You might as well shop there and help Free Talk Live out at the same time. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Gene in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hi. Hey, Gene. What's on your mind? I wanted to talk to you about something I'm calling a little, uh, it's kind of a funny thing. I call it Bizarro China. Have you ever, were you a Superman fan? Did you ever read the comic books? I did not. Mark, I don't know I'm, about I'm you. familiar with Bizarro Superman. Well, Bizarro World was a backwards world where... Uh, Everything was very well, strange. Yes, things were strange. People looked strange. And I call this Bizarro China because, uh, you know, I told you my wife has this cable box that's actually an internet streaming box and she can watch all these Chinese TV shows from China mm-hmm. and I sit down sometimes with her and watch part, watch some of them and she helps me try and understand what's going on but she's been watching this cop show lately from China hmm. and I swear it's exactly the same show as watching a cop show in this country. Really? It's, it's, they got the high speed chases they got the uh, It's a popular you know, show yeah. It is. It's a very popular show, and it, like this the last show, this girl had fallen in love with this guy, and he was in with the wrong crowd, and he wound up going to prison for murder, and he broke out, and then they got back together when he was on escape status, and the cops surrounded him, and he comes out of the car with a shotgun in his hand, and he's going to fight with them. But unlike our cops, where they would just mow him down in the instant that they had a chance, mm-hmm. these the Chinese cops tried to talk him out of given up and instead he managed to blow the car up with himself in it and everything <laughs> but, uh, it's very interesting because as i watch these shows i'm going how does this differ from what we've got and it really doesn't it's it's exactly the same except for the people all look chinese and right. they speak a different language which i can't understand very well huh. but it's the exact same plots the exact same shows and unfortunately they're trending towards the exact same kind of control and, um, you know, police state mentality that we have. And everybody, of course, when they think of China, they think it's already a police state. But, you know, I found that it, it wasn't much worse than what we have here. And unfortunately, it's getting to be more like that. With uh, Remember, uh, a couple of years ago, I called you about the police cars over there. Yeah. And uh, at the time, a police car was basically a car with uh, just a regular, ordinary car. It says police on the side and had a little light on top. didn't mm-hmm. even have a radio in it for the most part. And But now they've got big old light bars that go all the way across the top, and they're getting uh, – they don't. They still don't have the computers, the shotguns, see prison like ours do. Right. But they're, but they're going that way, and they'll be there probably pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. That's unfortunate. But it, I call it Bizarro China because it's just – it's 
different. It's very different, but it's still the same, and it's kind of un, it's amusing to look at it. Thank you for the update and continue cluing us in, uh, Gene, as you continue traveling there, because Gene likes to. Uh, he and his uh, wife go there from time to time. For, right, she's will do. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh-huh. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating to hear stories from other countries, uh, totally different cultures. That is, as he's pointing out, they're sort of converging in a in a way. They're becoming more westernized, uh, not only in the the way that they live, but also apparently in the the way the cops behave and all of that. 800-259-9231. You bring up what you want to uh, the phones again to Paul in New Hampshire, listening on WNTK. Hey, Paul. Hey, uh, I was just listening to your show for the first time on uh, FM radio, and uh, uh, I just want to call in, and uh, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but there's a uh, Jack McLam, a retired police officer who... Uh, uh, puts out a good newsletter on uh, on this new world order takeover of our society, uh, which is uh, police and military against the new world order. You can punch that into your search engine. What is what is the new world order? Uh, well, it's uh, it, it's it, it's basically um, you know the very elite uh, just controlling. Uh, you know, they want a one world government, one world religion. Uh, and all that stuff. And right. How long do you think it will take these elites to actually get to the point of having the one world government, one world religion, and all this? Because it seems to me like if there really is this, you know, shadowy uh, conspiracy group out there, that they're not very successful at what they're doing. Well, I, uh, it seems like they're they're doing a pretty good job at fomenting terror around the world. Um, well, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, one could argue that the U.S. military going around dropping bombs on people is what's fomenting the terror. It's not necessarily uh, some elites hiring al-Qaeda to go and blow things up. It's the fact that people are getting angry at the U.S. military's foreign policy. It, that seems like the more logical explanation. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't mean to jump all over you here, but we get the conspiracy theorists calling into the show from time to time. And uh, I always like to ask, why has the New World Order not taken out its cri- uh, critics? Why hasn't the New World Order taken out the uh, talk show hosts out there that are outing the New World Order, outing the NWO every single episode of their show. Why haven't they gone after them? Uh, well, I, I don't think that they that they want to uh, bother with anyone who's uh, you know right out in the front. Uh, Why? They've they've successfully uh, uh, you know taken out the people that that have you know are trying to come out with. Uh, you know, serious things. Uh, serious things. I, I've read stories about uh, uh, reporters and whatnot who were, you know, who were murdered early on before they could ever come out with their stories. Mm-hmm. And why haven't things. they? Why haven't they murdered the talk show hosts that have, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of fans out there that dedicated to their shows? Why haven't they gone after them? I don't know. I, I, I my personal opinion is that is because they're they're in the forefront and they're uh, they're too visible. Uh, they're too outspoken and too visible. You know, but that's just it. Don't you uh, want to shut down the dissent? Don't you want to co- silence the dissenters? Don't you want to silence those who are uh, revealing your secret evil plots? I sure well, would they, if I were them. Well, they have another way of doing that too. They, uh, you know, they'll, they'll ridicule them. They'll make they make they'll make they'll call them conspiracy theorists, and uh, you know. Uh, you know they can't just they can't just go rubbing out everybody. I don't. What think. do you think's going to happen? You live in New Hampshire. Have you heard of the Free State Project? Yes, I have. Okay, there's a as you know, there are a variety of liberty-loving activists moving here from around the country and around the world in order to uh, make a stand for liberty. Do you think the uh, you know what do you think the uh, evil conspiracy people are going to do to them? I have no clue. 
You think they'll? Do you think they'll know. affect? You know, like maybe drop a nuke on New Hampshire or something like that? I mean, what what do you think they're going to do? They're big evil uh, plotting guys. They've got uh, the the world at their fingertips, right? Sure. Well, I think ultimately, ultimately they they want people to to you know to bow down and serve them. Uh, they want they want people to be so frightened uh, that that they're they're willing to accept you know the, the biometric chip or whatever it is that they they want to implement. Uh, and eventually get their control over, you know, through... So what do you plan on doing about it? What do you plan on doing about it? Well, uh, as far as what? Well, I mean, if these evil people are out there plotting all these evil things, you must be planning to do something about it, right? I mean, calling talk shows is one thing, but, I mean, are you going to do anything else? Well, you know, this is one way. Obviously, if other people hear it, maybe they'll they'll look into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You know, and I also, you know, try and... uh, and help other people see as well. Great. Right. Here's another question you know, for you. Why, uh, why waste all the time looking into the New World Order? I mean, if there really is this you know, gr- group of evil people out there, they're doing what they're doing, and nothing, uh, no amount of research that you do is going to stop it. Now, the reality is government is getting bigger. Whether or not there's this evil group of elites that are behind it, I don't know. All I know is government's getting more oppressive and more um, intrusive in our lives, and that's something that I personally am willing to stand up against and fight. But I'm not willing to get out there and throw out theories about who's behind the scenes and, you know, the Bilderbergers and the Illuminati and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really seem to... It seems to be a bit counterproductive. When you're trying to get people to work against uh, the growth of the state, why bother going into all the conspiracies? Why not just touch on the, the concrete facts, the facts that government is getting well, bigger? Well, listen, there, there are concrete facts uh, uh, be, behind these uh, so-called conspiracy theories about the elitists and I mean, you know, but if there they, were concrete facts, my man, then I would have been on, then I would be in your camp because I've heard all of this stuff. I've watched the Alex Jones videos. I've seen all the allegations, and they, you know, they're they're just allegations. There there definitely are elites, and some of them want power. Some of them want to grow the government. But let's deal with the results. Let's deal with the growth of government and fight that because trying to out the evil dark cloak mongers isn't going to do you any good. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. See you Monday. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.